ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Lock and load. It's time for the gun rack with your hosts, Joey and Drew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gun Rack's Northern Desert Institute School of Farm Technology's official podcast. I'm Josiah Upper. Folks call me Joey, and with me, we have one Drew Poplin. Drew Poplin. We are back together at last. It feels so good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. I don't think I told you guys last week. I had something weird going on with my ear. So that happened. It was awful. For like a couple hours, I thought maybe I was going to have to get it, I guess, amputated. Just because I did the thing of going to Google and typing in my symptoms and then, you know, seeing all the awful things it could be. Yeah. Yeah, I I know I'm going to do it every time. I can't stop myself. Yeah, you should, though. Yeah. But speaking of health, it is truly on the mint, Joey Upper, here today. Yes. Thank God, honestly. I had a man. Um, So I had, I don't know. It was bad enough I went to the doctor, which I never, ever did. I tested negative for COVID quite a few times. But if I had not done so, I would swear to you that that is what had happened. Since all those like throats on fire, coughing a lot, super congested, uh, everything just feels aggressively gross, like a cold, but very angry. For those of you who have gone through the rigmarole of COVID, especially my Omicron friends out there, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it feels exactly like that, right? Um, and whatever it is, a bunch of my friends got it at the same time and my wife. So I'm not super sure what's a, what that was about, but that cleared up for me in about two full weeks. It took it took some time. Uh, I actually took time off work, which is the first time I've taken time off work for illness in who knows how long. I wasn't happy about it. And then on top of that, there is something called a post-viral cough, which is a very simple explanation for just you're not sick anymore, but you're going to cough like you're dying for some time. And apparently that can run anywhere between like um, uh, a week or two to like a month and a half. And mine wrapped up last week after about a full month, uh, which is dumb, man. So anyway, if you've been wondering where the heck I've been, it is I attempted to record a podcast solo and then... Drew has about five minutes of me trying to talk through with just hacks. It did not go well, and the attempt was abandoned because I could not. Uh... <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, no. Because, it, it, yeah, it just could not come out. Um, so, yeah. That's yeah, a shame, too, because, like, the first three and a half minutes of that recording were, like, perfect. And then, oh yeah, like, the last so minute perfect. and a half just... It was disastrous. And the first three minutes are that way because I uh, because I uh, edited out all of the coughing. Uh, oh, so, uh, okay, I got you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah it's good. But uh, now that you're feeling better, understand you got some plans this weekend to go camping. Do you? That's right. I have not been camping in years. So that is exciting. <laughs> We are going to 
Uhari National Forest okay. in North Carolina. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's very exciting and good. Um, looking forward to that very, very much. I am, uh, yeah, I think it will be good. Yeah. The yeah. weather's supposed to be gorgeous this weekend, so I'm here for that. Now, I'm not being funny, but, like, what kind of camping do you do? Like, how how intense do you camp? No, it's a legit question. I used to do, like, you go camping with some twine and canvas <laughs> um, level camping. That was uh, a lot. I don't do that quite so much anymore. I used to do backpack, backpacking, excuse me, quite a bit. I also don't really do that super much anymore. I still have my kit. I just haven't gone in years. So this will be, it's not designated campsite, so it'll be primitive camping, but it should be pretty laid back primitive mm-hmm. camping. Uh, my wife has never been camping and we're taking her. Um, so I'm trying to make it at such a level that she'll come back. Uh, so um, trying to make it easy. So you bring in all the stops and you bring in up the hot dogs, the s'mores. Yes, s'mores will be there. I have even put together a little charcuterie board, uh, which is some very gentrified campy experience. Yeah. But we're going to do what we have to uh, to make this work. So it'll be good, I think. Good, 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 good. I'm excited. I'm going to Guilford Courthouse, uh, the battleground on saturday do some research yeah and uh so we'll be we'll be talking about the battle of guilford courthouse here pretty soon i might have a um black friday deals episode in the future as well uh just a couple things to keep an eye on before we get into our main topic let me tell you about sonoran desert institute sonoran desert institute otherwise known as SDI is an online school to help students learn the skills and techniques they'll need to be successful in the firearms and the unmanned technology industries. SDI is accredited by the Distance Education Accrediting Commission, called the DEAC. Currently, we offer two programs in firearms technology. We have the Associate of Science in Firearms Technology and the Certificate in Firearms Technology Gunsmithing. If you want more information about either of those programs, please head over to our website that's www.sdi.edu and if you see the title you know what we're talking about joey it's been a pretty anticipated episode we've been teasing this i think since the summer what this new Wakanda? yeah yeah the return to Wakanda. yeah i don't remember when we started teasing it out but it is here finally um glad to have the chance to talk about it with you guys um, the last time we did a Recondo Operations Group episode, it became one of our most popular very quickly. And that's cool. That's awesome. They're good folks. So that's that's turned out that way. Um, so we're going to be talking about them again today. And I think, yeah, I think you guys will, will like what we're talking about. So this is a, uh, I went out, I guess it was about a full month ago now, uh, almost exactly a month ago, and did a course with them it is their core pistol course and uh, what that means is uh it is a course that is beyond the basic firearm safety rules 
kind of intro to handgun class that you might take at most places, but it's just the step beyond that. So it's not that far up the totem pole. And uh, I took that out of a, having gone through a few of these classes now, I think that's my third or fourth with them. It is nice and humbling to have a feeling that you have a mastery of a topic and then you try to do those things with some pressure put on you and it's a whole different ballgame mm-hmm. um standing up and shooting a target in your concealed carry uh qualification course here in north carolina um is very very easy um that wasn't something that i was ever concerned about but you can sometimes do that or go stand at a range stationary and shoot a target from seven yards away and absolutely perforate uh, the nine and 10 ring and feel like you're good to go. But then do that after doing some wind sprints and have someone yelling at you while you're doing it and see what is retained. The answer is going to be not a ton uh, unless, unless that is the level at which you normally practice. So going through some of these other courses there's been a certain level for me. I'm just going to call myself out because that's better than, uh, than well. Calling uh, me out because I wasn't there. Yeah, there you go. No, it's more, you guys know, I've been working in this space for a long time. I should have gone into the first of these classes a couple of years ago with a better understanding of the kit that I was carrying and some of the fundamentals that I did. And that wasn't because I'm not passionate about what we do. It's simply because I learned the wrong way or practiced in very sterile conditions. If you have a holster that you like, that you never have a need to pull out or make use of, I guess, in anything less than perfect conditions, you have no idea how that holster works. That's It just doesn't work that way. So it was nice to be able to have a couple of classes where some of those things were exposed in pretty embarrassing fashion. Um, And it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm going to walk this back. And uh, I told my friends, because I go out with a group most of the time that, uh, you know, the office meme where it's like, I need you to find the differences between these two pictures. They're Mm -hmm. the same picture. I said, I need to, I need you to find the differences between these two pictures. And it's a course description for core pistol and then summer school. Um, Uh (laughs) They're the same picture. Um, But the fact of the matter is you can never practice your fundamentals enough. So there were people of varying skill sets there, uh, varying levels of experience. I was not the least experienced person in that group, and I definitely wasn't the most experienced and it was nice. Um, Some of those other uh, more intense ones. I'm either at the bottom of the pack or hanging out pretty, pretty close to it. And this time I wasn't. And uh, it was nice to, well, wasn't on occasion. There were still a couple of things I, I screwed up pretty phenomenally, but it's nice to be able to learn with a different perspective there. So we walked through quite a few things. Um, basic handling and safety is of course the most important. And we spent a lot of time focusing that down in the beginning. Uh, we had one gentleman there. Most of the people were drawing from some sort of duty holster. I was drawing from a concealed carry holster. I, I am still using my P365XL that we talked about some time ago now as pretty much my my go-to for all these kinds of classes. 
because uh, that's my concealed carry gun. And that just makes the most sense to me to be keeping in, you know, in use. But a lot of people are using duty pistols, duty sizes, and duty holsters, which, and by that, I mean something that's off your hip. Uh, some of them are offset by quite a distance. It'll be hanging off your hip by a couple of inches so you can get a firm purchase on the firearm uh, with your hand as you're drawing, that kind of thing. Uh, concealed carry holsters uh, don't do that as much. You have to do kind of a claw thing where it, it's you just have to be a little more mindful of, of how you draw. And uh, so I was using my outside the waistband concealed carry holster for that, and that worked pretty well for me. Inside the waistband, I think, would have been tricky, um, although I would maintain that if you are drawing uh, perpetually and reholstering with your concealed carry uh, IWB, something has gone horrifically awry. Um, so practicing in non-sterile conditions is important, but I think the outside the waistband concealed carry struck a decent balance. That's what I rolled with. It was good. And uh, so we worked on those fundamentals for a while. It's amazing how much you can screw up when you've got a dozen people staring you down. Um, and the trick I've kind of discovered through a lot of that is that you kind of have to learn not to care, uh, which is far more easier said than done about their opinions. But it's just like Drew and I have talked about being theater people quite a few times. They probably wouldn't love me comparing uh, Broadway and and firearms fundamentals, but they are pretty similar. There, there's a certain level of you need to, of learned indifference to others' opinions and the pressure that's there that helps you turn that part of your brain off, the anxiety brain that's going to really give you a difficult time uh, to just kind of help you engage and that worked pretty well uh by the end there were a couple of times in the middle that weren't good and there was one exercise i was flat out pulled from because i was hitting the wrong part of the target i'll get into that in a minute um I thought you were saying songs. you're like I thought you're about to say that you like crush it so much that they're like you don't need to do this trick. Oh no, I made a horrific mistake like twice in a row, and they're like, uh, don't do that anymore. And that was a perfectly reasonable request. Um, <laughs> given what had happened. And they could see it and I couldn't, so that's fine. But there is there are a few exercises we worked through, and I won't walk through every single one of them, but the ideas fundamentally speaking, are being able to draw and reholster safely. You don't do that by just kind of eyeballing it. That's a crazy thing to do. So you you draw and you reholster and your eyes are on it and you put your offhand on your chest. So you're doing that with one hand. And actually one of the biggest challenges I had all week long was that one of the guys there remembered I had a holster the first time I went that was atrocious. Um, and I did not realize it was atrocious because uh, I used it in only sterile conditions. But the second I had to do it with any sort of speed or anything, really, I flagged myself a couple of times. They're like, get rid of that holster. So I did. But I was still trying to holster guns like I had a garbage holster. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I kept trying to use both hands to reholster a firearm because I was trying to like clear the way to mm -hmm. get it in there. And he kept being like, dude, you don't have that one anymore. 
Um, you, <laughs> you don't have that holster anymore. You have a good one. Um, you got to do this normal now, uh, which is actually pretty helpful. Also, uh-huh. I had that holster like two years ago. So uh, good on uh, the guy's name's Robin for remembering that yeah, and being yeah. able to call that out to me. It's pretty impressive stuff. But uh, so you have holstering and reholstering safely. You have presenting your firearm safely, uh, manipulating it. You've got up in your space, right, where it's the muzzle of the firearm is up and away from you. And uh, you have, of course, aiming down sight at your target. We talked a little bit about your uh, sight picture versus uh, using some sort of optic. With handguns, this is a little bit different. But there are quite a few people that really very strongly believe in red dots for handguns. And uh, I don't necessarily, I don't think there's anything wrong with them, but there are some people that are like, this is the only way to operate a handgun these days. I'm not quite there. So I still run regular iron sights. What I do need to get a flashlight and stick it on that 365. I haven't even bothered to check if it has a rail, but I'm sure it does because that one is important. Target identification is important. So a lot of run-throughs on those basics. And once those are done, and you can go all day on just that, as I'm sure you know, but there were elements where we would include movement with your shooting, and uh, that adds the walking and chewing gum component. Yeah, uh, There was a running and unholstering and firing like you would sprint, I don't know, like 10 yards stop the bolster and and throw a couple of rounds downrange um which is the only one of the exercises i was any good at um i am just heavy enough that when when people ask me to run and i ran in high school it looks cool uh <laughs> like i i'm not quick but i'm very quick relative to my size and that's always fun uh old dancing bear out there yeah they were like ooh and i was like yeah that's right um that's don't ask me to hit anything. I didn't, but man, can I get down there faster than anyone else? But uh, yeah, you can, both of those things I just described can be a full day. The only thing you have to worry about if you're just going to focus on the stationary is that you're not letting yourself hang out in a space where everything is super easy all the time. Cause that'll give you, can give you, I won't, I won't say will, uh, it can definitely give you a, false sense of proficiency lets you get a little lazy there's not a lot to improve on if you just do things that are rote memory so keep all of that in mind uh movement and shooting is good there's a moving kind of horizontally and shooting actually is kind of weirdly odd it's for all my video gamers out there the strafing walk with your uh your y-axis is still oriented on the target but your hips are way off somewhere else is odd. It's a little weird, and uh, because that's not yeah. a movement we make every like in everyday life. It's lives. not, and actually, one of the one of the things that people tend to do with these classes, and not just that, is to like do what they think they're supposed to do or look like. So, not this one, but there is a, a different course that involved rifle. There was a lot of running and moving, and people were like jogging, jogging backwards instead of just turning around and running and then turning back around because they thought that's how they were supposed to look. And the guys were like, what in the world are you? Like, you're going to fall on your butt and we're all going to get 
flanked. Please stop doing that, please. <laughs> and uh, there were a couple of those moments. And yeah, uh, I think that is actually where most of your your progress is going to be derived. If you don't do moving and shooting normally or holstering and reholstering, I would strongly recommend you do so. Get some uh, snap caps or dry fire caps, I forget what they're called, and just run those. Dry firing, a lot of people say it's not great for your firearm. I understand that. I respect that. You know, it's also not great for your firearm, like you being dead because you don't know how to use it. Um, so, like, it's just a thought. Uh, like, <laughs> may, maybe invest the time and effort in uh, in knowing how to operate it. That's a, that's a little aggressive, but you know what I mean. A little bit of wear and tear on your firearm. And snap caps will make that a little easier mm. is to that's the point if it's a firearm for self-defense i'm not trying to project anything no one wants these situations to take place mm. but don't own a firearm for self-defense and just kind of hope it all comes together for you uh if your life is in danger that's bonkers um so uh the other one i have as an exercise to take with you is kind of the final exercise that took place oh wait before that happened uh, the other one we did was you kind of shoot around and behind a car and they call out there's five or six. No, it's more than that. There's a fair amount of steel targets they have up and uh, they would call out the letter that was painted on each of these guys. And you have to like clear the vehicle, which you're behind, you're not in it, going around it and hitting these targets and processing that without overexposing yourself. At the, by the time I got there, I'd seen enough people get really close to hitting the frame of the car that I was just clearing it because I didn't want to accidentally uh, yeet shrapnel at the people behind me. Understand. Um, yeah, they, they didn't love that, but I will respectfully stand behind that decision. I think that was the right one. But again, this is a earlier level class. Most of the groups I do stuff with, that is it's just not been an issue. And uh, the guys who instruct the course know what they're about. So they were they were keeping a good eye on things, but anyway, that was kind of the final major exercise, except for the last, where you go in, you walk up on a target from a very far distance away, and you do it while singing, and that is basically to throw off your normal breathing habits while trying to fire because you're going to be exasperated, right? Uh, someone or something has provoked like has put your life in absolute danger if any of this is taking place. Don't want that. So yeah, things are not going to be ideal for you. And uh, this is the one I got pulled from. It's the very last one. It was embarrassing, but they did the right thing. Before you dive into that. Yeah. I want to say, I remember you mentioning it last time that like there was a similar exercise you did where you have to sing. Yes. Um, same one. Okay. So same exercise. If I remember correctly, you did something from Lay Miz. I don't remember. Um, this time it was just the alphabet. Okay. Uh, for about twenty seconds, and the the first one we did it was with rifle, and that's a little easier because you have more control of what's happening. Here's an exercise I want you guys to do at home. This is the one I feel very confident in, kind of passing along because it's super important, and mm -hmm. it had never occurred to me. Uh, before that day, 
if you want to make sure that your barrel is not dancing around like you're in an FPS while you're walking with your handgun, take a bottle of water, uh, rest the, you know, kind of that, the webbing between your index finger and your thumb. Yeah. Okay. Take the cap of your water bottle and rest it under that and let the rest of the water bottle kind of hang over as if it were the barrel of your handgun that you practice with. You don't want an empty water bottle, but you don't want it completely full either because you're going to treat that thing like it's a level. You're going to move and try to disturb that water, make it uneven as little as possible. This is an exercise they, yeah, they encouraged us to do. And that's one I've actually been able to stick with a bit. Highly recommend it. It's free and it is transformative. Uh, Drew is doing it currently with an undo because that's a little more on brand for him. But uh, if you do that and then walk around, you're going to get a pretty thorough understanding of how erratic your arm and hand movement can be if you're not paying attention to it. And that's what I got pulled out of that exercise for is I, I clipped like twice the bottom of the thing that was holding up the steel target because I was shooting when my hands were pointed the lowest. So I was clipping the part of the target you're not supposed to shoot that can absolutely send things coming back your way, uh, which is, yeah, insanely dangerous. So they were right to call that one. And uh, I should have been a little more, I didn't know about that exercise, but I feel like there's some there's some set, subset of mental preparation that I, I could have gone with to uh, make that a little easier. I don't know, but yeah, that's if you get one thing out of this, take a water bottle, try that around your house, do it like one time a night before you go to bed and see how see how massively that transforms how you hold a firearm. It is a fantastic step to take towards responsible towards responsible carry, and that is what this is actually all about at the end of the day. Yeah, that one's good. Uh, strongly recommend. Well, one, I appreciate you sharing the details of just, you know, what you know, the day was like and what you guys did. But also, I just appreciate the fact that, you you know, like you're open about, I guess, like the times you screw up uh, while you're training. Because I think that, like, I think that's a common occurrence. But, like... Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, that last one especially, it's pretty embarrassing. But... I would rather take that. I'd rather take the hit on picking up the embarrassment and let you guys absorb some of those lessons secondhand than have that re you guys have to rewalk through that because a it is embarrassing, uh, especially for someone who is supposed to know what they're doing like I am uh, with with the amount of stuff I've done. But B, there's a certain element of uh, safety to it, especially with that last one, that we all get better when one of us makes that mistake and we're paying attention. And who knows how much, uh, who who knows what can happen if you aren't paying attention to those things. So, um, yeah. So I imagine this probably isn't going to be your last time visiting Recondo operations. It's not. I will be back in a couple of months. With them, we plan, me and my buddy are going to go out there and do a um, 
core rifle class, which is similar to core Ooh. pistol, but with my allele. And that will be fun. I feel significantly more competent with my rifle than I do my handgun. That doesn't mean a ton, uh, but it might mean <laughs> that instead of getting yoinked from an exercise there at the end and kind of bobbing between middle of the road with with fundies people to the bottom third that I can hang out in the middle of the pack. It's not competitive, but at the same time, hang out at the bottom of any group for a long period of time and tell me that it's not getting competitive uh -huh. for you a little bit. Um, so anyway, Recondo Operations Group is based out of Fanville. I wanted to go ahead and plug them. They don't pay me or anything. They are, I've taken a lot of classes. They're the best ones I've ever met by far. And they are, I told you, there's a lot of stuff that like, there's a certain level of proficiency that I expected to have for myself. A lot of what I do is unlearning for instruction I've gotten from other people. And they are the kind of people that can help make that happen. Their classes are, I think I paid 150 bucks uh, for that class, which was all day. And for those of you who take any of these classes, that is unspeakably cheap. I think we expended 100 rounds total, got all that. I mean, you don't, you can't beat that. These people are very good at what they do. If you're ever around North Carolina and can go out and do one of those things, I cannot recommend them more strongly. They will, uh, they will bust your balls a little bit, um, but it is from a good place, and that is what we need to get better at at what we do. So, yeah, strongly recommend. Deal, cool deal. Definitely check out those guys. That's Recondo Operations Group. Recondo, R E C A N. D O if you Oh R E C O N D O actually. R E C O N D O. Oh oh okay. So not Rakando. Not Rakando, Rakando. All right. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> it's perfect. Joey, um, wish you the best of luck camping this weekend. Hopefully it goes well and your wife wants to join you on more of those camping trips. Man, I um, hope so. I yeah. really do. As I said, I'm going to the uh, Guilford Courthouse Battleground Park Saturday. So we'll yeah, probably have that. enjoy that. That should yeah. be good. Um, actually have our mutual friend joining me on Saturday. Nice. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. 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 I also got to pick up a mini. It's nice. The bakery that did our wedding and our wedding cake. Part of the deal was that, like, for the one year anniversary, they'll make a free uh i forgot what size it is but like a miniature version of our cake for that's so us. cool um, i love that yeah yeah and so um honestly me and rachel we didn't get to have much cake at all at the wedding so we're excited to you know actually indulge in that so yeah that's awesome yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right joe you want to take us home yeah for now folks that is the gun rack thank you guys for your patience as we have both wrangled with some conditions over the past couple of weeks. Um, have fun out there. Stay safe. We'll see you at the range. Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school accredited by the DEAC. It is headquartered at 1555 West University Drive in Tempe, Arizona. For more information about how you can craft your firearms future, 
visit sdi.edu.